as God intended. Let's go. Healing Talk Radio, where pharmaceuticals are not medicine, but love always is, with a 24-7-365 talk radio signal heard worldwide. America Out Loud is heard in your car, your home, your office, and has been built from the ground up with great thought and enthusiasm and a vision that stretches far into the future. Welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Jana Schmidt, naturopath and herbalist. I have a wonderful show for you today. But first, I want to encourage you, as I always do, that no matter what your situation, a strong mind and body are powerful resources. I'm here to help equip and encourage you with the health tools that create and maintain strong minds and strong bodies to keep you grounded and flourishing in this hectic, crazy world. seems to get crazier and crazier. So each week, I share new health information with you, facts that you can utilize to build strong, healthy lifestyles information that's practical and easy to implement. Today, we'll be speaking with a very special guest about de-prescribing. So let's get right to it. It's time to empower you with today's health info, because after all, knowledge is power. So I can't wait to share. So our very special guest today is the brilliant Dr. Richard Amerling. I'm going to give you a little bit of his background, and then we're going to have a great discussion. So Dr. Richard Amerling, MD, born and raised in New York City. Dr. Amerling studied at the Catholic University of Louvain, I don't know if I pronounced that right, in Belgium, graduating with honors in 1981. He completed a medical residency at the New York Hospital Queens and a nephrology fellowship at the Hospital of the University of Pennsylvania. Wow. Super impressive. After 26 years as an academic nephrologist at the Beth Israel Medical Center in New York City, he accepted a position as professor of clinical skills at St. George University in Granada. He was sadly canceled there for refusing to get the experimental jab in 2021. And I would love to talk more about that and share with you guys. From April to August, 2020, Dr. Ameline volunteered as a nephrologist at the Bellevue Hospital in New York City. He was associate medical director at America's Frontline Doctors from August uh, 2021 to February, 2022. And in May of 2022, Dr. Amerling and others founded the Wellness Company and served as chief academic officer through till August 2023. So Dr. Amerling is past president of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and currently sits on their board of directors. And I must admit, an all-around wonderful and brilliant person who I'm honored to call friend and uh, be in the pursuit of regaining our health freedom with. So Welcome, Dr. Richard Amerling. And this was just like the tip of the iceberg of all the amazing things that you're doing. So um, let's uh, let's get right to it. I'm so happy you're here with us today. I'm happy to be here, Jana. Always great to see you. Thank you. And hopefully we'll get together in person one of these days. Yeah, I hope so too. That would be amazing. So um, today we're going to discuss de-prescribing, something that's um, actually near and dear to both of our hearts, but we come to it from different um, angles. So um, we actually met, let me think, um, frontline doctors, right? 
as frontline doctors yes. where we first met. Oh, yeah, yes. several years ago. Yep. And then we did several events together. And each time that I, I'm connected with you, I'm like, oh, I admire him more and more. So, so glad to continue that that friendship and build upon that. So yeah, I'm I'm super thankful that you're taking some time to share your knowledge with everyone today. My great pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Well, deep prescribing. I think first we should start by giving a really good working definition of deep deep prescribing. Well, I think it's a term that I coined, frankly. I don't see it around, but it means looking to get people off of medications. And it's been my style of practice going back 20 years, though I must say that when I first started out in my practice, really in the early 90s, I was prescribing like everybody else, and I didn't really think think too much about it. I kind of believed the pharma uh, rap that these drugs were helpful and they were treating serious diseases. I became disillusioned over the years. I, in fact, was a key opinion leader in nephrology for many years, and I saw how the system works from the inside, how they bribe doctors. You know, they get doctors on board, they get them to these events, they pay their way, they give them consulting fees. If if you're even, if you're good, you want to get involved, you can become a speaker, which is what I did. Uh, And you go do all these talks and you, you know, you go go to all these nice steakhouses, get prime rib and excellent steaks, and you tell them about the products. Now, I did this for a number of years for some of the companies in nephrology and at the time, I did believe that they were making good products, and I really was, you know, uh, enthusiastic. But over the years, I saw how they perverted science, and I'm, I'm talking particularly about Amgen. I, I don't want to get into the weeds because it's just too complicated. But they, they were, they had become so enamored of their products, and you know, would sell them at all costs that they evac- they actually sabotaged science and scientists who were pursuing. Uh, paths of inquiry that would have damaged their sales pitch for one of their key products. And that that really took the wool off away from my eyes. Wow. And was I became, it one particular um, drug that did that, or was it overall? Well, the, the, their first big drug, of course, was erythropoietin, recombinant erythropoietin. It was a major breakthrough, uh, you know, getting bacteria to create this hormone, which is an exact copy, supposedly, of human erythropoietin. And anemia and chronic kidney disease was always our Achilles heel. We were always, you know, we, we were at our wit's end how to deal with a lot of this, these anemic patients. And this seemed to be the answer. So we were all hugely enamored of Amgen when they first hit. And they were like a beautiful little startup biotech company. And we knew them all. We knew the, the the president, everybody in the company. We were very friendly. But they got too big, right? They became very successful. They got too big, and they became big pharma uh, epitomized. Uh, and they were behind, for example, creating a series of practice guidelines in nephrology that were designed to sell their products. You know, they were really almost science-free. They were mostly consensus opinions. And Right. Uh, of experts, so-called experts, almost all of whom were getting paid by them in one way or another. To push that sounds these... dangerous. Yeah, it sounds... Well, it is. It, this is the pharma model. This is the pharma model. They, they um, take 
I, I wrote a tweet about it recently. They take, they're putting lipstick on a pig for the most part. They take a crappy toxic drug that doesn't really work to make you healthy. And they, they massage the numbers in the studies that they do, right? They sponsor and run the studies. They massage the numbers to the point where they can put out something that looks, you know, like lipstick on a pig, <laughs> something that you might want to kiss. Uh, and, uh, you know, and they run with it. And and that is the the MO. This is what they did with the, with the COVID shots. Right, the, right. These shots never worked. And they knew it. They knew they were toxic. They knew they, they never worked. They but they just massaged the numbers to come up with a bogus efficacy number. And they, they downplayed and hid, frankly, the adverse events. They did this trick that I'm calling them out on for a long time now, but I think more and more people are, which is that they only started to count vaccinated two weeks after their second shot. So anything before that was... Before that was not considered vaccinated. Right, considered unvaccinated. So a lot of the COVID cases, I'm sure, happened within that window. For sure. they didn't get counted. So this is fraud. It's it's really a fraudulent practice. And of course, if you die a day or two after your first shot, that doesn't come in as a vaccinated, yeah. right? Wow. It didn't and we know it. a lot of deaths occurred within a day or two of getting a shot. So yeah. Yeah. we do. We really do bad. But, but th- this is how I came to become extremely uh, cynical about the pharma industry. And, and I also saw that they were mostly treating numbers but they weren't really going after health and disease trying to trying to cure a disease they were treating risk factors through numbers that you would manipulate uh, with their products right in other words to get someone's hemoglobin a1c in the so-called target range you would have to use more and more insulin and other drugs right and that became the standard of care that you would just give more and more drugs to get the hemoglobin A1C down when simple dietary changes will reverse diabetes. Amazing. Right. And uh, that's 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 my MO. That's where I come from. So that's right. Okay, let's that's start right. with your food and it works. So um wow, that's amazing. So uh personally, I, I grew up, my father was a physician, and the pharmaceutical reps came into his office all the time with these fancy lures like, oh, oh we're going like, to send you and your wife to Hawaii. And oh, here's this and here's ski lift passes. And I was just shocked. I'm like, what are they always doing here? Dad is like, oh, yeah, they're selling their, their drug. They want me to, if I can prescribe this much of that drug in a certain amount of time, they're going to give me this X, Y, and Z. It was like this, you know, the more you do, the more you get type of thing. And I was just shocked. I said, well, how I mean, how many people actually need this drug? <laughs> and it, it was just a little concerning to me. And uh, I think he was kind of in that machine as well, even though he was um, pretty, pretty holistic, I would say overall, but he was still in that machine and prescribing medicine until um, I'm trying to remember what year it was when um, cholesterol lowering medication came out and the the numbers that the AMA had said were normal cholesterol numbers changed when the medication was being pushed. And he thought, wait, I have these 
these patients who've been totally healthy with this, you know, this number, and suddenly it's high, they've shifted. So more people need the medication. And he was furious. He says, I am not putting these people, they are doing great. They don't need this medication. So I think at that moment, his eyes were open and he started to investigate more and be a little more um, discerning and question and kicking some of those pharma reps out of his office. <laughs> so yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty amazing. So I, it was interesting to see it, you know, as a child and, yeah. and hear about that and grow up. So, so I knew, um, yeah, I would just stick with plants personally. <laughs> it was easier. Um, so in your opinion, um, what are some of the most over-prescribed medications? Just, you know, well, the one you, the one you just mentioned, statins, of course, statins. they're hugely prescribed and they are awful drugs in a word. And they are my first candidate to deprescribe. If I see a patient and I see that they're on a statin, it's gone, right? That's my first on the list to get rid of. Why? Because they are toxic as hell. They interfere with a basic biochemical pathway in the body to create cholesterol. Cholesterol is one of the most important molecules that we have in our body. It is so important that virtually every cell in the body has the biosynthetic machinery to produce it. Now, why would we have this if we were if this was tox in any way toxic? It's an absurdity. Right, it to lower make, our cholesterol, right? And then we see other things happening if your cholesterol is too low, right? Yes. Well, cholesterol is building block for nerve tissue. The brain is full of cholesterol. It's a building block for vitamin D, building block for steroid hormones like cortisone and of the sex hormones, aldosterone. Uh, and that whole pathway is actually crucial because there are other things that come off of it, including coenzyme Q10. Oh, and yes. it was it was known that statins deplete coenzyme Q10. Wow. The, and in fact, one company put, took out a patent on a combination pill of the statin plus coenzyme Q10, but they never marketed it because they didn't want to bring to people's attention this mm -hmm. toxicity of the drug. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and coenzyme Q10 depletion leads to uh, muscle uh, weakness, myositis, inflammation. You know, it's a, it's a very important mediator for mitochondrial energy production. And it, I think, leads to heart failure. And there's been an epidemic of heart failure since these drugs have been introduced. And if they were actually preventing heart attacks, you would see less heart failure. But no, we're actually seeing more. more. So I attribute it to the drugs. And more um, cognitive uh, issues too. Oh, absolutely. Dementia has just skyrocketed. Oh, yeah. and then immune deficiencies because the vitamin D can't be metabolized. So it's, yeah, the, wow, statins have really contributed oh, they, to so many other issues. I get yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. And they have these studies that they do, and there are dozens and dozens of studies, and they're virtually all pharma-produced uh, studies. Uh, they hold the source data closely. They don't release it for independent review. They at best show a 1% to 3% absolute risk reduction in combinations of events, you know, the the combined events, which could be angina, chest, uh, heart, heart attack, heart failure, hospitalization. In other words, they, they, there are so few events in these studies that they have to combine them to get mm. something that will show up and be, and be statistically significant. But there's never more than 1% or 3% absolute risk reduction. But then they create this relative risk reduction 
which is a mathematical manipulation uh, to make the drugs look great. So for example, if you go from a 3% incidence of heart events to a 2% incidence, that becomes a 33% relative risk reduction. But it's really a 1% absolute risk reduction, which is clinically meaningless. Right. So you should never prescribe these drugs. I mean, and uh, I happily take people off statins all the time, whenever I can, and hopefully they listen to me. Yes. The, the cognitive issue is huge. The neuropathy issue is huge. There is a very strong uh, connection between statin use and Lou Gehrig's disease, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, which is one of the worst diseases you can possibly get, where your muscles just, you know, the, the nerves to your muscles go away and right. you become progressively paralyzed My goodness. while your brain is completely intact or relatively intact. Oof. Yeah, so statins are, I think, one that, of the leading yeah. causes of dementia, for sure. You know, you see a patient and they're having cognitive issues. The first thing you have to ask them, are you taking a statin? My goodness. Well, uh, we're we're at we're at a time to take a break, but I'm very anxious to continue this conversation and also share some of this knowledge with our listeners. Um, and we'll be right back on with our conversation on deprescribing. Remember, everybody, all of the Looking for Healing radio shows go to podcast typically a day or two after the broadcast is heard on talk radio, and you can hear them everywhere: Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Um, and be sure to subscribe and rate the show. So if you want to share this, then wait a couple days and you can share it with lots of people. So hang on. We'll be right back. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD, Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase, the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back. This is Dr. Jana Schmidt. I'm your host today on Looking for Healing Talk Radio on America Out Loud. You can find more about the show and get all the latest podcasts. Uh, if you go to America Out Loud, go to the menu nav bar, America Out Loud, our shows and schedule, and you'll know all of our shows and you can be in the know. 
So we're discussing the very important topic of deprescribing with Dr. Richard Amerling. And I hated to stop and go to a break because we were on a roll, right? <laughs> Just reviewed statins and the, how harmful they are and all the many, many problems that it can um, create in the body. Um, are there others that you feel are overprescribed? I mean, for me, I, antibiotics are just overprescribed for So that's like the first one that goes to in my head. But are there others that you would like? Oh, to share? yes. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I won't even touch antibiotics because they at least work. You know, they at <laughs> least have, you know, they, they they actually kill some bacteria, right? I mean, they, <laughs> right. You may not need them, but they do at least have a rationale and they, they work and Let's leave them alone for now. But there are so many others. Oh, my God. Well, let me go to one of my favorites, which are the Fosamax-type drugs. The They're called bisphosphonates. And there are about, yeah, maybe six or seven different ones. And there are also newer versions of drugs that do the same thing. Uh, they're fancy and they cost more money, such as Amgen's, I believe they call it Prolia, Denosumab. And these drugs all have the same mechanism of action, which is to inhibit the osteoclast, which is the cell in the bone that reabsorbs bone. And the thinking is so utterly stupid and simplistic that it just boggles my mind. They think that if they reabsorb, if they block these cells that reabsorb bone, that the bones will get stronger. No, no, that's not how it works. The cells reabsorb bone so that osteoblasts can lay down new bone. And that's called bone remodeling, and that occurs throughout life. But if you interrupt that process with these drugs, and these drugs have very long half-lives, then you can uh, make the bones weak. And that is actually what happens. So we are seeing in mm. patients who have been on these drugs for a number of years, what we call atypical femur fractures. So the typical osteoporotic fracture is a compressed vertebrae or the fracture of the neck of the femur, you know, the head, the head or neck of the femur. Well, the shaft of the femur is not trabecular bone. It is cancellous bone, which is dense, thick, mm -hmm. heavy bone. That is not osteoporosis. When that breaks, that is due to the drug. By blocking the remodeling, the bone starts to have little micro fractures and actually gets brittle. And you can have a catastrophic break spontaneously or on minimal activity, such as just getting up out of a chair. You can have an atypical femur fracture. And these are devastating injuries. Absolutely. It, now, in my view, you just need one of them to pull the drug. But there are thousands of them. And to me, these drugs should simply be stopped. If you are out there and you're taking these drugs, you have nothing to lose by stopping them immediately and everything to gain. There are much better ways to bone health. And I'm sure that you are well aware of them, Jana. Uh, you know, vitamin K2, vitamin D, etc. And that's how you should go. And of course, exercise, you know, weight bearing exercise right. weight -bearing. will make your bones grow. Yeah. And, and maintaining uh, estrogen, right? Don't let menopause get you if you're over 55 or so as a woman. Uh, hormone, you know, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, I think is a good idea. It definitely preserves bone. But these drugs are awful. They're so toxic. They have other horrible side effects. Extremely bad esophagitis, you know, like you get heartburn and GERD. Yeah. Now, this is like 10 times worse. 
so uh, again, this is pharma madness. They have these tiny uh, absolute risk reductions in fractures, which I don't even believe. And they push the drugs based on this and doctors just buy into it and they, they prescribe them and it's just awful. And they're again, they're treating numbers, the bone density. They're not really even treating fractures. They're looking at numbers based on a bone density measurement, which has got lots of problems. We can't get, can't get into it all. But that shouldn't be the basis of treatment. And uh, it's horrible medicine. So that's another drug I would just get rid of right away. So the side effect you just mentioned, the re reflux, acid reflux, is that from this type of medication? Yes. I have not heard that. Com very common. Very common. And wow. severe. So of course, someone comes and they have acid reflux. It's not looked that the drug might be causing it. They just give them something else, right? Prilosec or well, Pepsid or something, right? Just, oh my goodness. I didn't and, realize there was a correlation there. That's amazing. Every doctor, I always, you know, would tell my trainees and the medical students when I was in down in, in St. George's in Grenada, that you must take a careful medication history. One of the first things you do when you get into the history, what drugs are you on? Because that is going to be explaining a lot of the sickness, iatrogenic right. disease. Right. My goodness. Well, as a naturopath, I'm steeped in the naturals and I feel very most comfortable with plants. And But I have had to learn a lot of pharma medications um, and many of the plants are the basis for the medication. So I found out that I could learn a lot about the medications. But when people would come to me and they're taking all these medications, I really had to do a deep dive, nothing that I was really taught so much in naturopathic med school about pharma other than, you know, how they take plants and make some. Um, but I had to do crash course. So when I hear something like a side effect that I hadn't heard of before I write it down, but, um, you know, I feel like they're even though, you know, anything can be overdone, even plants, right? You need to make sure you're taking the right herb for the certain um, uh, illness or, or whatever you're healing from. Um, but I was so pleased that the plants don't really have the side effects or the ill effects that a lot of the medications have because it works synergistically with our bodies. Like we're God made, the plants are God made. We really work well together. Um, but I, I would love to hear your um, your perspective on what can we do? How how can we help reduce the over prescribing? Well, there are a couple of other major categories that I also heavily deprescribe de whenever possible. Of course, we talked about diabetes briefly. Sure. And if you can get people on the correct diet, which in my view is low carb and high fat, you will, uh, and throw in some intermittent fasting, you can reverse diabetes very easily. It's not a big deal. It's not really quite, quite easy to do, especially if you throw in the fasting. So once you do that, of course, you get rid of the insulin, all these horrible diabetes medicines that are actually making people worse. They're not making them better. They're making them worse. Another huge category in which I'm really have been into for quite some time and just read a couple of good articles on recently. One, uh, Peter Bregan's substack is very good on this. The psych medications, they are the worst and they are massively overprescribed even to kids. So many kids are on not just Ritalin and Adderall for this, for the made-up disease of ADHD, but they're also being diagnosed as bipolar, often because of the Ritalin. 
right? Oh, because it makes them manic. Right. And then they crash coming off of it. So they, they're bipolar now and they put them on an SSRI for bipolar disorder. And these kids are screwed royally. And they're lucky if they can get off of these drugs. Right. Uh, and they are given out like candy. They have horrific side effects, all of them, from sexual dysfunction to homicide and suicide. These are the most dangerous ones. And why anyone in their right mind with a medical degree would give a depressed person any drug that increases their suicide risk is beyond me, frankly, just crazy. So these are all drugs to de-prescribe. The problem is they become you become physically habituated to them. The brain adapts to them in certain ways so that if you cut them off abruptly, you'll have a very nasty withdrawal syndrome. So you can't do that. You have to taper them extremely slowly and with the help of professionals. But this is a job that needs to be done right. uh, because so many of the people out there are hooked on these drugs and they, en they end up destroying their lives. They end up not being able to function. And again, pharma knew that these pieces of crap didn't really work. They knew that they caused increases in suicide. They covered up this data to get them approved. Uh, they hid all the negative studies, right? They don't publish the negative studies. Right. And so people have this bizarre notion that these drugs help with depression. No, they don't. There's this crazy idea that they push that you, if you have a mental disorder, there is some chemical imbalance in your brain. And these magical drugs are going to help that chemical imbalance get better. That is such utter nonsense. It's hard to believe that anyone believes it. It, it is it is utter nonsense. Um, and for where I would start is we again we look at the diet. Are you missing something? Are you know you getting what you need? And then we look at what's harmful, like what's in your life that's harmful. Sometimes chemicals in a child's life can cause all kinds of attention deficit type of issues and get those chemicals out. And suddenly that child's focused and doing great in school. Um, red, red 40 sugar. These are all terrible, sugar. Culprits, right? Absolutely. Terrible culprits for people in their brain function. Absolutely. And in the oh. gut, you know, the gut and the brain and the immune system all intertwined together. So we get the gut healthy, you know, eat good foods, make sure probiotics and one thing I thought was very interesting that's increasing is not putting that cell phone or laptop right there on the belly because it destroys the microbiome of the gut, causing emotional issues, causing digestive issues, causing immune issues. So getting that cell phones and computers off your lap, off your belly is really important, I think, turning off the router at night. So I feel like there's so many lifestyle things we can do first before we go straight to meds especially especially children oh my goodness especially children well one of my favorite articles i read i guess it was about 6 years ago and i i i feel like i knew it intrinsically but then when i read it i was like yes it was a study on dirt right the microbes in dirt the microorganisms in dirt and when you put your feet and your hands like you get out gardeners and you know, they did a lot of uh, studies on the gardeners and my people's microbiome but just working in the garden, working in dirt, walking outside, being outside and the microbes that just, you know, on your skin and, and that you breathe literally work better than Prozac. 
for helping people manage and balance their, their, their mood. And it worked for three weeks. So you get out in the garden once and suddenly you're, you're great for three weeks. That was one of my favorite articles. So when I tell people, here's, here's a, a, a drug, here's the plant. So when I get to Prozac, I'm like, dirt, not, not eating dirt, just getting out there in the dirt. So um, that's my favorite. It's so easy. And it might explain a lot of why I'm always so happy. Right? So I'm always out there playing in the garden in the dirt and with animals and things. So that might, that might answer a lot of my questions. <laughs> well, fresh air, fresh air and sunlight doesn't hurt either. I mean, that's, it's hard to be depressed when you're out walking around on a beautiful sunny day. I agree. I agree. Well, I know we talked about different types of drugs and certainly psych drugs are ones that shouldn't be just cut right off. That needs to be tapered with a professional. Um, and this is, I, I think where really cool things are happening for people where someone who understands the medications and someone who understands natural and they come together like the natural herbs and types that they come together and they work to de-prescribe to help somebody. This is happening more and more in my life and more and more people reaching out. Whereas before, a lot of um, clinical professionals didn't really want to work with me so much. Every once in a while, I'll find somebody that we worked really well together. But for the most part, it was I was an island. But now it's more and more working together. And the results have been incredible, miraculous, fantastic. I get praise reports all day long about people's health, getting off medicines and feeling better and better about themselves. But are there other specific medications that people really need to be careful? I mean, I think you said statins, just off, right? Get off, just done. Um, yeah. There are others that really take well, some professional. Yeah. I think, you know, you can get off diabetes medications, but you should have that done with a doctor. Right. Uh, and, and it should be done gradually, you know, one drug at a time. I have a certain method that I use, and it's very effective. Uh, one drug at a time and taper down insulin, get rid of it, things like that. But you should be keeping track of your blood sugars during this time. And you must keep the diet up, right? You, you can't just do this if you're not going to eat correctly. So that's that's a big part of it. And there's a huge educational component, as I'm sure you know. People have to understand that the medications are actually harming them. Uh, and the way to get healthy again is to eat well and and live well and sleep and you know get get all get the sun and that's how you get off the medications and restore good health so this requires a lot of education and it's constant you got to really reinforce that with every visit so that's one area that i wouldn't just go cold turkey and cut everything right. uh, one day to the next although it's it's amazing how rapidly you can get off these drugs when you when you fix up when you fix the diet um Another area we didn't talk about, but I could mention is hypertension. Mm -hmm. uh, most most hypertension also is due to poor diet and is really a manifestation of the metabolic syndrome, just like type 2 diabetes. And if you reverse the metabolic syndrome through healthy eating, then you can come off a lot of the blood pressure medications as well. But again, that's something that you should do with a doctor. Uh, but listen, I mean, you speaking of doctors, they're the problem. They're out there. This is what they've been taught. And I know this for a fact because I taught medicine down in Grenada. That's really all the students are learning to do is prescribe. That's that's amazing that that's all they're learning. There's so much to, to learn, and especially people that are going into this profession that are obviously brilliant people that want to help and want to help people get well. 
and then they're teaching them just to prescribe medication. Uh, actually, I had um, I had a doctor tell me not too long ago that they felt like they here's the textbook, but half of it was missing. Like they got part of it, but they didn't get all of it, and they feel duped. They feel they feel chipped. So I think that's where you know coming together and 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 really just educating ourselves on how to do this in order to help people is really important. Yeah. Uh, medical education is a disaster. It really has to be done over from the ground up. I mean, that's long-term goal that I've got is to right. be involved with a new medical school in some way. Well, I would I would love to be part of a me- new medical school. That would be amazing. So we have talked about that in the past. Yes, we have. Well, we're going to take one more quick break, friends, and then we'll continue our discussion on de-prescribing and more, whatever, whatever comes up, right? A quick thank you to Global Healing, who is a sponsor of Looking for Healing Radio. They are amazing. They have simply the finest, most effective natural medicines in the world today. You can definitely feel their difference in the love and integrity that they um, put forth in all of that they do. You can go to um, americaoutloud.shop and you can enter the promo code out loud for a special discount. You can get incredible deals from all of our wonderful America Out Loud sponsors. We'll be right back. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with CoFix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? CoFix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus-hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time.
America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back. Looking for Healing Talk Radio is also sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing students just like you. Best way to be free is to be healthy. Learn how at energetichealthinstitute.org. And you can be part of the EHI family. And a quick reminder that America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio network. And you can listen on your media player, web browser from anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps and you can hear them on Alexa, Android, Apple. We stream 24-7. The apps are free. Mission is priceless. So let's just continue our discussion with Dr. Richard Amerling on de-prescribing. We were just talking about different types of medication and uh, some of the ones that are probably really easy to get off right away and then some that would really need some people to come alongside. I think everyone should have someone coming alongside them in this health journey anyway. Um, do you have some personal stories of de-prescribing success that you can share? I always love personal triumph stories. Well, somebody you've helped. Well, one of the things that that really changed my thinking in a major way, I went to a friend's house. My a, a very good friend of mine's mother, who was ninety years old, had oh. just gotten out of the hospital after having had a hip fracture, and they had some. They put some sutures in her arm and her skin was so atrophic that it didn't really hold them and they got embedded and she wanted them removed and she was faced with taking her down to the emergency room to have someone there do it. I said, no, I don't do that. I'll come over. I'll get a suture kit and I'll come over and do it. So I went, I went over there and took the sutures out, bandaged her up and she's lying in bed virtually semi-comatose. And I knew this woman. And before she went into the hospital with her hip fracture, she was vital, independent, living alone, independent, and completely with it. Something profound had happened to her. And I said, what happened to your mother? I mean, a hip fracture? I mean, yeah, but still. And I said, let me see what she's taking. So oh. she brought she brought out a bag with 12 or so pills, models of pills. And I said, you have got to be kidding me. Oh, my goodness. This is a 90-plus-year-old woman. I stopped all of them with the exception of a low dose of a beta blocker, which you can't. Not, that's another drug you can't just stop, right? You have to really taper it slowly. Within a few days, she was back to her old self. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and this is going on all over, all the time. The over-medication, particularly in the elderly, is a scandal. And one of the worst things to happen, in my view, was Medicare Part D, hmm. right? The drug benefit program for Medicare just opened the floodgates to poison seniors at very little cost. <laughs> Right. I have very little out-of-pocket cost. It's a complete and utter uh, disaster what's going on. And the vast majority of these drugs are based on the use of which 
is questionable even in a younger population, but in someone who's in their 80s and 90s, who doesn't have a lot of time left right. to benefit, let's say, from cholesterol lowering, if that was really going to help them, right? right? As right. if that was really going to help them. <laughs> I mean, the truth is that if you have high cholesterol in, in your 60s, 70s, and 80s, you live longer, right? It's a positive risk factor for longevity. <laughs> and people are there taking statins and destroying their brains and their muscles uh, and bodies. Uh, and it's absolutely criminal. But that, that was the huge anecdote that, that, that really set me on, on my course to aggressively deprescribe, especially in the elderly population. And of course, I've had diabetes reversals all along the way. That's, that, that's extremely impressive. When you see someone who's on, you know, 60 units of insulin uh, within a month or so, get off of it totally and really reverse their disease. It's pretty impressive. That is incredible. Impressive. Yes, that's amazing. So I, I have a lot of people come to me for fertility. They can't have babies and um quite often it's the medications that are causing the problems with their bodies. So I love to work with people to get them off the medications and then they have a baby. So it's really, yeah, it's really amazing. Like how it affects the whole body. They don't think that it's affecting their whole body, but it definitely is. So definitely get them clean yeah. and um, back and, on track. And that is the point that these medications are powerful and they do affect the body in very profound ways, such as I said, with the statins, for example, inhibiting this extremely crucial biochemical pathway. If you you just look at that pathway in a textbook and tell me uh, that that's a good idea to block that pathway, it's so important. And right. you don't even have to have a study right. to show that they don't work. All you have to do is look at that biochemistry and you know this is just a bad idea. The same with the bisphosphonates, the Fosamax type drugs interfering with bone remodeling is inherently harmful. You simply should never do it. Like the puberty blockers, now with the gender the gender stuff, insanity, blocking puberty is inherently harmful. Absolutely. You should never do it. There is no indication ever to do it. I actually can't yeah. even believe we have to have this conversation. Can you? I know. No, it's like, amazing. It seems so obvious that this is a harmful thing to do to oh, anybody, yeah. but especially a child. I mean, you know. A little a little person so just making me very frustrated with all of that um i was trying to think of some more success stories um i've had a lot of success stories getting people off cholesterol medication right just oh, telling yeah. why you need cholesterol um, oh. i had one um one person this was interesting and I, I thought i'd share this just in case it happens to anybody out there so they want their this someone comes to me they have really high cholesterol I didn't think it was too bad. Like I said, well, let's, let's do things that would balance your cholesterol and it's going to fall where it should. So, um, making sure their diet was good, but also I increased their, uh, anthocyanin. So, uh, dark berries, uh, black cherry juice, we started giving them lots of things that would heal artery walls and explain to them that quite often the liver is making cholesterol as a band-aid for torn artery walls. And, artery walls heal and you won't need so much cholesterol band-aids coming from the liver. So there's just one little aspect. I'm like, let's, let's try to balance this. Cause I've kind of felt like that might be the case and they increased it, but they had their numbers tested just a couple weeks into this and their numbers went up and they freaked out. And I said, okay, when you take a blood test, it's not telling you whether 
which way cholesterol is it coming? Is it going? Is it being metabolized by the body? Is it new? I said, give it another two weeks and let's see what the body does. And sure enough, it balanced and was like this lovely number. And they were really happy and I was really happy. But I'm like, don't panic just yet. So we usually tell people, wait four weeks. You're going to start on, you know, good diet and eliminating certain things and and give it a good four weeks before you have those numbers tested again, because it takes a little while for our bodies to balance, especially coming off medication. Well, the, the whole cholesterol theory that, that cholesterol causes heart disease is bogus, right? <laughs> this whole notion is bogus. It's oh, it's so simplistic. Again, it's hard for me to believe that this still holds sway. But right. of course, these groups are totally paid off by pharma. They're all in they're all in cahoots and they're going to push these drugs forever. And it's up to people to just refuse them. Right. And in that, I would like to just recommend to your listeners that if they're on drugs and they feel they should perhaps get off of them, go to your doctor and ask them a series of questions. Start with, what disease are you treating with this drug? That always gets them because usually you're not treating a disease, right? You're treating a risk factor. Yeah, a risk factor. For, for a disease. And so oh. they're, they're going to be in trouble with that question. I'll tell you that right away. <laughs> And then ask them, well, what are my chances of either dying or having, you know, significant bad outcome over the next, say, 10 years from this so-called disease that I'm treating uh, and see what they come up with? And then ask, how much is this drug going to reduce the chances of me having some bad outcome? And don't give me this relative risk reduction nonsense in mm -hmm. actual risk reduction numbers. Wow. Right. How, you know, what are my actual chances of benefiting from this drug? And again, they won't be able to answer these questions and they'll have to go, you know, dig, <laughs> consult Dr. Google. You know, it'll be very embarrassing for them. They'll be sweating at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if, if your doctor's not interested in helping you, like when I, I say go, I can't do anything with prescription drugs. So go back to the doctor that prescribed it. Tell them you'd like to get off this or reduce it or change it. And you're working with me. And if they're not interested in helping you get well, they're not interested in helping you get well. They're not going to do this. So it'll be a real telltale sign. And I, I love the questions you just uh, stated. So that's those are really that's really good. Everybody write those down. <laughs> I mean, what you're what you're asking them for is informed consent, right? This is the what has been missing in medicine. Absolutely. Informed consent is all but gone. No one tells you the actual numbers. No one tells you enough information so that you can do your own risk versus benefit calculation. And that's what you ought to be able to do. You ought to be able to assess risk and potential benefit for every treatment that you're on. And if your doctor can't help you with that, well, others can, right? Right. There's other people who can help. So amazing. Well, thank you for sharing some of those stories. So we are actually, if any, I mean, I really love your story. I read your story. So we're actually co-authors in a book that tell like, several people's stories of how we got to helping people, how we got into the type of job that we have, and then the craziness through COVID. So your story is great. And the book is um, actually The Next Wave is Brave. And we each have a little chapter in there. So I, I actually really loved your chapter. Um, we, neither of us are with the wellness company anymore, but 
it was really interesting and fun to put that together and read other stories too. There's several different people who've had individual stories that through COVID and how we just stood up and persevered and like, no, we know what's right. We're going to stand up for what's right. So I really appreciated your, your chapter in that. So if anybody wants to read more about that, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, and also I would like to share, like, how can people follow what you're doing or follow you or, or if you share things on social media, how can, how can they see that? Well, mostly I use Twitter because okay. that- since Elon liberated Twitter, it has been a lot better. <laughs> yeah, it's been a lot better. Uh, so I'm not as badly shadow banned as I used to be. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. and now I get a few retweets every now and then. Mostly on Twitter. But so are you heard? working presently on um, remodeling education? Yeah, I'm actually talking with uh, Avery Jackson at The oh, Body. I speak to him all the time. Yeah. This is yeah. wonderful. So um, I'm actually on the board at the body right? in education. So this is thrilling. I love that um, you're working with Dr. Avery Jackson. Yes. Um, I think that you would offer so much to that organization, especially in your, in your area of education. So good. Right. That- well, that's, I mean, they're, they're looking also at a new medical school eventually. Yes. And getting immune from, state bad actors you know by various means and you, you know what i'm talking about there yeah so we can practice our deeper striving uh without fear of being attacked because this is a threat this is a threat to the pharma establishment which right. is extremely powerful i mean they reach their long arm out and they they can get you know the american board of internal medicine to go after somebody and they do this. They do this. And they can get licensing organizations to go after you. Uh, they don't want their apple cart upset. You know, now the big issue that they're panicked about is no one's taking vaccinations anymore. Because their eyes have been opened. Even wow. doctors who got all the shots themselves and vaccinated their children. And sadly, I'm one of them. Uh <clears throat> would never dream of taking one of these injections ever again, no. because we do not now trust the research that went went into them. We don't trust the claims that they actually work right. to prevent serious disease. And we know that they are, they are, they are perhaps rare, but very major adverse reactions that occur. And why take any chance when you're healthy and you have a perfectly good immune system that will fight off everything that you encounter. If you and take care of your, for it, right? We're yes. stronger when we can fight it off. I'd rather yes. I'd rather fight off something than try and stop I, it. I feel lucky that I had mumps, measles, rubella, <laughs> all these things. I had them. You know, right. I don't need I don't need no stinking shot. And <laughs> uh, the more we take these jabs, the weaker we get. So I'm I'm encouraging people to become anti-vax. That's, you know, uh, <laughs> it's now become hip to be anti-vax. <laughs> well, so I've been on that bandwagon my whole life, but we never called it anti-vax. We always called it pro-health, right? Yeah. Never, and I'm not, you know, I don't know. It just seemed, well, that seems so negative. Like I'm pro-natural right. immune system. So That's um, right. yeah, and, it, and it's worked out just fine for my life and my kids and yeah. Right, that's the epithet. They've turned it into an epithet. 
you know, right. that you're anti-vax means that you're the worst of the worst oh, science denier, you. right? And <laughs> you're anti-vax. Oh my goodness. So Pseudo- now we're saying and science denier. Yeah. I, the, I like the real stuff. Yeah. yeah. So good. Well, I know that there's lots of wonderful things happening and in the world of, of our, our medical freedoms. And I'm, I'm so thankful for you to be, you know, working hard for that. And I, the whole idea of the education is just incredible to me because it can be done on so many levels and it can help so many people at, at once. So I look forward to that and we'll, we'll watch your Twitter. So is it your name on Twitter? Is that how- at, at Dr. Amerling, one word, D-R-A-M-E-R-L-I-N-G. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. And, and thank you for our listeners for joining me today. Uh, I feel like we could probably talk for many more hours. So maybe we'll do this again. Oh, that would be great. It would sure. be great. So I just want to tell everybody, remember to listen um, Monday through Friday, uh, 11 a.m. Um, and Monday is with the amazing Dr. Brian Artis, Tuesday with the lovely Nicola Burnett, Wednesday with the incredible Dr. Henry Ely, Thursday you have me as your host, and on Friday we all come together to discuss current health topics and take questions from you. We love your questions. Keep them coming. We're getting to as many as we possibly can. So I definitely look forward to um, each each day, Monday through Friday with you, where we'll continue to learn and grow in the realm of natural health. This is Dr. Jana Schmidt wishing you God's blessings in knowledge, wisdom, and abundant health. Take care.